the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Colado. Hey, Damian. Good morning. Good morning. Hard not to be a good morning <laughs> after this weekend. Uh-huh. Huh? Yes. The Greenies won. <laughs> LSU finally beat Alabama. Oh, it's I say finally. <laughs> it's been a few years. But boy, how exciting. Uh, now the Saints have to win tonight. <sighs> yes. Yes, they do. They play tonight. That way we Great have a sweet, weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome back from your little trip, too. Oh, yeah. No, I had a great time. I went to the Panhandle to visit my brother and his wife. We watched the game, went to the beach, and it was a wonderful weekend. Did you have a good weekend, too, Damien? Oh, yeah. Really did. And uh, very relaxing for a change. So, um, anyway, we're going to get the morning started off with a prayer. And it today is Feast Day of St. Didicus. Okay, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. O almighty and everlasting God, you who by your wonderful providence chose the weak things of the world to confound the strong, to please uh, to grant us with humble servants and through the kindly prayers of blessed Didicus, your confessor, we may become worthy to be raised to eternal glory in heaven. We ask this through Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. St. Didicus, pray for us. Did you realize that the city of San Diego in California was named after him? Oh, I'd no, have thought it was after St. Diego, facts. you know, but well, <laughs> according to yeah, some research, know. maybe they'll tell us that a little <laughs> bit more in the Saint of the Day. Maybe so. We'll hear more about our saying of the day later on in today's show. But I did want to say join us for the Patriotic Rosary Daily at 1230 p.m. Central Time through Election Day, which is tomorrow. Don't forget to go out and vote. There's so many important elections happening in different states across the country. Uh, so voting is so, so, so important. I know tomorrow is a, a fun day for our household to to watch all day. So yes. we look forward to Election Day Very uh, and going so. out and having the privilege to vote. So uh, don't forget to go and do that. And praying for our country is very important as well. But let's move on with today's lineup. We have events in your listening area we will give you details about. That'll be in seven minutes. In 18 minutes, Lonnie Thibodeau joins us from the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, and he's going to give us an update of what you're going to find in this month's Bayou Catholic magazine. Alan Migliorato joins us, and every Monday he talks about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And today's topic is going to be about different types of prayer experiences for teens. I know he's going to give us insights on this, and it's very practical, so looking forward to our conversation with Alan. 
And in 48 minutes, Jeremy Christensen joins us to talk about his conversion from Mormonism to the Catholic faith and his book, From the Susquehanna to the Tiber, a memoir, a memoir of conversion from Mormonism to the Roman Catholic Church. Wow, I can't wait to hear this story. I love conversion stories. This one will be quite interesting, Damien. Really looking forward to hearing from Jeremy today. Yes, me too. In the meantime, dense fog advisory in effect this morning at least till 9 o'clock. Visibility down to a quarter of a mile in center, some areas, so please be careful. Once the fog burns off, though, it's going to be another beautiful sunny day. Temperatures could hit a high, record high. Uh, it's expected to be about 87 degrees today for your high. Oh my and the low is going to be 67. <laughs> winds out of the east at 5 to 10. Temperatures basically 68 degrees everywhere but New Orleans where it's 70 degrees right now. You are listening to Wake Up, Don't Go Too Far. We got the gospel coming your way and some events we want to tell you about here on Wake Up. Lord Wellington Investments is owned by Greg Kennedy, CPA, a longtime friend and supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Lord Wellington Investments serves all of your investment, financial, and tax needs in South Louisiana. From 401k rollovers to financial and tax planning, it's Lord Wellington Investments. Greg Kennedy says, invite others to join you in listening to Catholic Community Radio. Lord Wellington Investments, 225-292-5118. Catholic Art and Gifts, 6184 Florida Boulevard, is a proud sponsor of Catholic Community Radio. Catholic Art and Gifts has sacramental items as well as supplies for church and clergy. Catholic Art and Gifts also stocks the latest books from Catholic authors, plus icons and gifts for all occasions. You will always receive a warm, heartfelt welcome from the staff. Catholic Art and Gifts, 6184 Florida Boulevard, 225-926-1216, on the web at zieglers.com. I'm Ian Malosong with River Road Coffees. We're proud to support Catholic Community Radio across the Gulf South. Our coffee wakes up the staff every morning and keeps them going throughout the day so they can deliver the freshest Catholic content and news to you. You'll also find us at many Catholic Community Radio events. River Road Coffees at your local grocer or visit riverroadcoffees.com for home delivery. Get better sleep with a new mattress from Baton Rouge Mattress Outlet, a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio, providing a selection of brand name mattresses, adjustable bed frames, and Maloof pillows and sheets. Baton Rouge Mattress Outlet, 225-930-5779, 4065 Florida Boulevard, and Jefferson at Hushatu Road. Open 9 to 6, Monday through Saturday, noon to 4 on Sundays. See Mitch in the gang at Baton Rouge Mattress Outlet. Good morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 17. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause sin will inevitably occur, but woe to the one through whom they occur. It would be better for him if a millstone were put around his neck and he be thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he wrongs you seven times in one day and returns to you seven times saying, I am sorry, you should forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, 
you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. The Catechism of the Catholic Church has an excellent treatment on the subject of scandal. It gives us this definition. Scandal is an attitude or behavior that leads another to do evil. The person who gives scandal becomes his neighbor's tempter. He damages virtue and integrity. He may even draw his brother into spiritual death. Scandal is a grave offense. If by deed or omission, another is deliberately led into a grave offense. The Catechism also adds, Scandal takes on a particular gravity by reason of the authority of those who cause it or the weakness of those who are scandalized. It prompted our Lord to utter this curse. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned into the depth of the sea. Scandal is grave when given by those who by nature or office are obliged to teach and educate others. Jesus reproaches the scribes and Pharisees on this account. He likens them to wolves in sheep's clothing. The Catechism also teaches about public scandal. Scandal can be provoked by laws or institutions, by fashion or opinion. Therefore, they are guilty of scandal who establishes laws or social structures leading to the decline of morals and the corruption of religious practice, or to social conditions that intentionally or not make Christian conduct and obedience to the commandments difficult and practically impossible. This is also true of business leaders who make rules encouraging fraud, teachers who provoke their children to anger or manipulate public opinion to turn it away from moral values. Scandal is a very serious matter that our society overlooks. Those of us who have been guilty of scandal need to ask God's forgiveness and to beg God to repair the damage we have done. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy Sagers, and also Father Chris Decker, who, if I'm not mistaken, is in the Holy Land along with Alicia. Mm -hmm. Our very own Alicia Quibito is also gallivanting all around the Holy Land, and I think that's (laughs) great. She is going to have a wonderful experience. Uh, Mm -hmm. Have you been yet, Gabby? I have never been to the Holy Land. That's on my bucket list. I want to go. You and me both. Uh, You've got a better chance than me based on age, if nothing else. But uh, anyway. It's it's, never too late. It's It's never never, too late, Dana. You should go. I know. That's why I'm I'm hoping I can do that in the very near future. In the meantime, there are a number of events taking place in and around our area. One in particular is Sister Dulcie's Women's spiritual class is getting back on board that's going to be held wednesday november 9th from 6 to 7 p.m it's going to be in the chapel of divine providence in baton rouge Uh, if you don't know where that's at jot this address down 17560 george o'neill road here in baton rouge if you need a little bit more info or directions after we get off the air uh, here's a phone number 225-752- 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Damien. The Grief Ministry Support Meeting is happening tomorrow, Tuesday, November 8th, from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Archdiocese of New Orleans Retreat Center in Metairie. For those seeking help from the effects of the grieving process, grief support meetings are held on the second Tuesday of the month from 6.30 to 7.30. For more information, you can contact Ms. Jewel Bahi. She's a coordinator of Grief Ministries. Um, and I'm actually going to be posting this in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. I think this is so important, especially as we get into the holidays. Um, this is a very difficult time for many people. So don't be afraid to maybe try this out. Maybe it could be very helpful. So like I said, I'll post this in the comment section. Yes, it's good that they have those type of events available. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Pro Vita is coming up. Pro Vita Divine Mercy Dinner and Silent Auction will be held uh, next Wednesday, November 16th in the St. Michael's High School Gym in Baton Rouge. The Inspirational Night raises scholarships for youth and religious who want to attend the Youth March for Life uh, in Washington, D.C. coming up next year. This year's keynote speaker is abortion survivor Dustin Bertrand, the Pro Vita Divine Mercy Dinner. If you want more tickets, all you have to do is go to youthmarchforlife.org. That's youthmarchforlife.org. You support Pro Vita and have some young folks go and support uh, a good cause. Definitely. I went to the March for Life with St. Michael High School in Baton Rouge my senior year, and it was so much fun. So definitely yeah. help uh, these kids go to the March Pro for Life, Life and experience this. Yes, it is quite a pilgrimage, and it's one you will never forget and one they will never forget. So I highly recommend supporting this. Also recommend supporting the Box of Joy campaigns. You can give Christmas joys and see smiles on the faces of children in third world countries as they receive your box full of wonderful toys and toiletries or socks, clothing, anything. So uh, I had a blast filling my boxes uh, for, I think I filled it for a four-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. And it was so much fun. You know, you go to the dollar store or Walmart or wherever and just get little toys and, and fill your shoebox full of stuff. So yes. uh, Catholic Community Radio is a drop-off location. So you can go to ccradio.live, and there is a button at the top of the homepage where you can look at drop-off dates and times. Uh, and for today, the drop-off is from 6.15 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Uh, or you can call our offices as well. But it's so much fun, especially this time of year when we are giving back uh, to those in need. So I yep. love the Box of Joy campaign. Very much. Last but not least, the 2023 Prepare to Encounter the Lord event is taking place. That's sponsored by the Men of Immaculata. That's right. Tickets are now yeah. on sale for the Men of Immaculata uh, conference, which is taking place February 25th of next year. It will be held at St. George Catholic Church. It's always a sellout. If you want more information for now, go to menofthemmaculata.com. We're coming back with Lonnie Thibodeau on Wake Up. Every city has a great donut shop, and The Heavenly Donut is a Baton Rouge favorite. Early every morning, Shane and Cara Castile begin making fresh homemade donuts, kolaches, and dozens of other tasty delights that will surely put a smile on your face. If you're in the mood for a king cake, The Heavenly Donut can customize one for you year-round. So don't worry, The Heavenly Donut has you covered. The Heavenly Donut, I-10 at Highland Road in Baton Rouge. Create a place for prayer in your home with Corda Candles. Inspired by St. Michael, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and more. 
These Catholic candles are handcrafted with all natural coconut wax and have custom scents connected to saints and the faith. Bring the light of the saints to your domestic church. Visit cordacandles.com. C-O-R-D-A candles.com. If you're looking for that special and unique gift, be it rosaries, statues, handcrafted art, or jewelry, stop by the Shepherd Staff Gift Shop at Sister Dulcie's Ministry, located on the grounds of Cypress Springs Mercedarian Prayer Center, 17560 George O'Neill Road. Remember, when you shop at the Shepherd Staff Gift Shop, you're shopping with a purpose. Shepherd Staff Gift Shop is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Did you know Woman's New Life Clinic offers free professional counseling for women and men struggling with a past abortion? I'm Allison Millette, CEO of Woman's New Life Clinic. We offer free services for women in unplanned pregnancies, including pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, professional counseling, and abortion pill reversal, as well as low-cost women's health care. Please support women in need at womansnewlife.com donate. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 7th. Today we celebrate Saint Didicus. How many of us could be accused of being so generous with the poor that friends express concern about the depth of our charity? Most of us would probably be found innocent of such a charge if it were ever leveled against us, but today's saint didn't get off so easily. Didicus, or Diego, was born in Spain in 1400 and spent some time living as a hermit. After becoming a Franciscan brother, he developed a reputation for his heroic penances and legendary generosity toward the poor. He volunteered for the missions in the Canary Islands and worked there with great energy and success. In 1450, Didicus was sent to Rome to attend the canonization of St. Bernardine of Siena, a fellow Franciscan. Many of the friars attending the event became sick, and Didicus stayed for several months to nurse them back to health. Returning to Spain, Didicus pursued a life of contemplation full-time before his death in 1463. At his canonization in 1588, Didicus was praised for the holiness of his life and for his example. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in on this beautiful Monday morning. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damien Collado. Our first guest today is Lonnie Thibodeau. He's a director of communications and public relations for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Hey Lonnie, thanks for being with us today. Well, hello Gabby. How are you? I am doing well. I hope you're having a great start to your work week and looking forward to getting an update from you on today's monthly or this month's magazine of the Bayou Catholic. Well, it's a good issue. And look, this issue, I got to tell you, Gabby, every every year, of course, November is a month known for what? I mean, it is we're honoring our dead. You know, we began with All Saints Day and All Souls Day, and and sometimes, you know, yeah. it's you know it's an interesting month. And in fact, the, the first story I know that we, we certainly want to chat about mm-hmm. is on the P.J. Madden's uh, column on page eight, and it's a pledge of future glory is given to us 
is the name of the column, and his point is what an interesting month. It's a month that begins where we kind of remember our deceased. It's a month that after a few weeks we begin to give thanks, and then we end the month with entering, you know, the season of Advent, and you know, and that anticipation, you know, of Christmas coming up a month later. It's a very, very interesting month that kind of has, I guess, some some twists and turns, if you will. Uh, you know, of emotions and feelings, and, 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 you know, it's a very interesting month, but I think we're still in that part where we're remembering our deceased right now, you know, here early in the month. Most definitely. We've been talking about that a lot, especially in the past week, and looking forward to reading more of that column from Father P.J. Madden. Looking mm -hmm. forward to page 18 as well, Redbird Ministries. We love talking to Redbird Ministries. Kelly Bro over there uh, in the Lafayette mm -hmm. area, she's doing such great work for parents in our yeah. community. Yeah, they are. And I'm glad y'all are y'all are, are aware of this and have covered this before. But Redbird Ministries has, you know, again, for those who are not familiar, it's for parents who have lost a child. And it's Ryan and Kelly Bro and Bro Bridge, as you said, who started it. And, and what mm -hmm. we're doing here in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau is two of our church parishes, St. Gregory and Homa, um, which was the church parish of a good part of my childhood, and also St. Hilary in Raceland are now offering Redbird Ministries. They, they both have mm. someone uh, on, their, on their staff in those parishes who have lost a child, Sarah Mathern in St. Hilary and Denise Dehart at, at St. Gregory at Homa. Both have lost a child, one to drowning and the other one to COVID. Oh. And, um, you know, so they have started in their respective parishes, but we're also offering you know, things here diocesan-wide, including a December uh, 2nd through the 4th retreat for dads who have lost a child at Lumen Christi Retreat Center. So great story on page 18, and we certainly encourage people to read it and learn more about, about Red Bird and, and what's being offered. My goodness, what powerful stories and a ministry that mm -hmm. I keep hearing more and more about very exciting stuff. So happy for Kelly and everyone over at Redbird Ministries that this is gaining traction and, and popularity because it's helping so many people. Uh, so thank you so much for yeah. featuring that on page 18. Let's talk about page 26. You have a guest column from seminarian Ryan Thibodeau. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, Ryan Thibodeau, one of our seminarians from La Rose. Ryan um, is right now in his uh, second year of theology at Notre Dame Seminary. And it's a, just a great column talking about how God will fulfill all your desires. And even as he, as he entered the seminary, all the, the doubts and the thoughts that he had that, you know, maybe this just isn't right for me or this won't work out. And, you know, just having that blind faith, if you will, that, that, you know, if God got you here, he's going to get you through it, and, and he has in Ryan's case. Mm -hmm. He is a tremendous young man and will be a great priest, I pray, one day. And, you know, he's a couple of years away right now. And uh, But just, just a good, good column on, on the, the seminarian life and what it's like, you know, for, for him being one, one of our nine seminarians currently in the Diocese of Homer Thibodeau. Speaking of that, uh, we also shared on our Facebook page your poster of the nine seminarians mm -hmm. in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And uh, though our followers on Facebook love seeing the seminarians and the upcoming posters, so we're praying for those nine seminarians. Uh, you can actually check that out on the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau Facebook page, but uh, perfect mm -hmm. segue for that. Uh, Lonnie, for uh, praying for those seminarians. But let's talk about page 28. You have a diaconate ordination in Rome. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's not not every day that you 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 know you're on that path uh, excuse me that path to priesthood and you get to be ordained 
for, at least for your diaconal, you know, transitional diaconate ordination in St. Peter's Basilica, but that happened for, for Joseph Laparouge mm-hmm. and Matthew Prospery. And we, we actually, a month ago when I was on with you, we briefly talked about this, uh, but we do have the pictures now because uh, it had just happened at that point. Um, but we have the pictures on page uh, 28 and 29, just beautiful, beautiful thing, because they, of course, both, both uh, attend the North American College there in Rome. And um, they were, um, you know, they were ordained uh, along with uh, 20 other men uh, from the college uh, from around the United States and also, I think, one from, from Australia. So beautiful pictures from St. Peter's Basilica of Joseph and, and Matthew being ordained as deacons. And hopefully one year from now we'll be ordained as priests. That's amazing. What a place to be ordained a deacon. That's incredible. Looking forward to seeing those pictures as well. Wow. Okay, page 32, you have a feature on a St. Joseph Elementary student. Her name is Madison Babin. Tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, this is a great story, and I encourage people to check this out. Her name is uh, Madison Babin. She's 10 years old. She attends St. Joseph Catholic Elementary in Thibodeau. She um, has Down syndrome and is, is, is nonverbal. And the, the, part, the point of the story is our current transitional deacon, who will be ordained a, a priest, God willing, next June, uh, 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 Deacon Davis Ambishaway, is working with her and her family to get her to communion. Um, to be able to get to that wow. sacrament. So they're preparing her for her first communion. And again, the story is so beautiful. And I know the family, by the way, her, her mother, Molly. And, and, and what's so great about the story is when, her, when she was born, she did not think a Catholic education, that our Catholic schools would be able to educate and provide for her daughter because of her special needs, but because of a special program at St. Joseph Elementary. And then later she will go on to Edie White High School, which is right next door to St. Joseph. You know, mm-hmm. she is now being able to, to take advantage of a Catholic education and is working now towards her sacraments with Deacon Davis. This is a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. story, and I, and I encourage people to read it, and it's on page 32 in the, in the magazine. I love that. I love hearing stories about that. It's all about uh, being Catholic, being pro-life. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for featuring a story like that as well and praying for Madison. Uh, What an exciting time for her and her family, I'm sure. So Mm -hmm. that's on page 32 of the Bayou Catholic Magazine. And on page 36, Lonnie, you have an upcoming Black Catholic Congress preparations. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that and the day of reflection. Yeah, sure. Well, what it is is uh, Christine Streams, who is our liaison for, for African-American Catholics in, in our diocese, wrote a guest column. It's on page 36. A couple things she talks about. One is the upcoming National Black Catholic Congress, which is the end of next July in, in 2023, and the preparations here in our diocese for that. In her column, uh, Gabby, she also talks about you know, that you, we have some Catholics, uh, African-American Catholic saints. There are others currently on the road, mm-hmm. hopefully, to that. And also, you know, talking about here within our diocese that we have a annual day of reflection for those who work, um, not only for black Catholics, but those who work with black Catholics in our diocese. And that's coming up uh, this this coming weekend. And you, know, you can contact our diocese. We'll give you more information. And also there's a, the story on the very next page, Rihanna Reed um, writes a great story firsthand on reflections from a young black Catholic. You know, I'm a young black oh. Catholic woman who is working in one of our, in fact, uh, um, 
our, our power saint Thomas Aquinas on the Nickel State campus. She works at, as director of evangelization there. What's it What's it like to be a young black Catholic in South Louisiana in today's world? Mm-hmm. The firsthand column and Rihanna did a really great job of doing this. So again, we're very very proud of, of what our Office of Ethnic Ministries, specifically our Office of Black Catholics, is, is doing, especially this month. Because remember, November is National Black Catholic History Month. And that's kind of the point of, of all of this and mm-hmm. why we're even talking about it in this, this month's magazine. Wow. Lonnie Thibodeau, Director of Communications and Public Relations for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Where can we pick up our copy of this month's Bayou Catholic Magazine? And can we also get it in the mail if we don't live in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau? Yes and yes. And, and, and the, the normal way that people would get it is either in the back of one of our 39 Catholic Church parishes, if you attend Mass there, or you can get it online, bayoucatholic.org or htdiocese.org, and then just click on the Bayou Catholic box. And yes, please contact the Bayou Catholic office. We do have a limited number of people who have a quote-unquote subscription, if you will which is the way we did it in the old days. is a little bit different now. But, but yes, there is a way that we can do that, and I encourage you to call the Bayou Catholic office and talk to either Lawrence or Janet and talk to them about that. And it's a great magazine. We're very proud of it, especially a great job that Lawrence and Janet did uh, with this month's issue, a lot of action-packed news in there. And, uh, again, mm-hmm. we encourage people to take a look at it, if nothing else, online. Just please take a look. There's some great stories in there. Definitely online. I only say it through the mail because it is a, a very glossy issue and very well made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I highly yeah. encourage everyone to at least pick it up. <laughs> Thank you so yeah, much, I Lonnie, agree. for being with us today. <laughs> sure. Y'all too. Have a great day. Thank you, Gabby. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Lots of wonderful issues. Definitely take a look. And I highly encourage everyone to also look into Redbird Ministries. They help so many people. And I'm so glad this I've been hearing a lot about Redbird Ministries more and more in the last few months. And I think this is such a great thing for them. So definitely check that out. Alan Bigliorato joins us when we come back from the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. John Falls inviting you to think outside of the box at White Oak Estate and Gardens. Meet now where gardens are under the outdoor pavilion where delicious food is commonplace. Strategize adjacent to a trickling stream while enjoying breakfast or lunch. Oh yes, we do parties and weddings, but we'd love to earn your weekly business too. White Oak Estate and Gardens, 751-1882, located on George O'Neill Road, right next to Cypress Springs Mercedarian Prayer Center. Here's a CC Radio Did You Know. Want to keep up with us on Instagram? Just follow Catholic Community Radio on Instagram to receive immediate posts and pics. And also visit ccradio.live. Your church group or family can give Christmas gifts to poor children through Box of Joy. You'll receive free boxes to provide toys, clothes, toiletries, and goodies, and then drop them off at our studio. Cross Catholic Outreach will add a rosary, the Story of Jesus booklet, and ship them to poor children around the world in time for Christmas. Go to ccradio.live and click on Box of Joy for dates and drop-off times. Box of Joy. ccradio.live. This is a Papal Minute. Julius II. 
The conclave that elected Giuliano della Rovere, Pope, was one of the shortest in history, lasting only one day. Julius is known as the warrior Pope and often led papal troops personally in battle, wearing full armor. As a soldier Pope, Julius drove the French from Northern Italy and recovered the Papal States. But Julius is perhaps best known as the man who began the building of St. Peter's Basilica and who initially employed Michelangelo to paint the Sistine Chapel. Julius is also the Pope who allowed Henry VIII to marry Catherine of Aragon, his brother's widow, an act that would later precipitate the English Reformation. This has been a Papal Minute. Every city has a great donut shop, and The Heavenly Donut is a Baton Rouge favorite. Early every morning, Shane and Cara Castile begin making fresh homemade donuts, kolaches, and dozens of other tasty delights that will surely put a smile on your face. If you're in the mood for a king cake, The Heavenly Donut can customize one for you year-round. So don't worry, The Heavenly Donut has you covered. The Heavenly Donut, I-10 at Highland Road in Baton Rouge. Catholic Community Radio invites you to pray for the priests in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. This week, join us in praying for Father Babu Varith, Father Michael Galea, Father Tommy Thomas, and Father Matthew McCaughey. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of our priests. Through them, we experience your presence in the sacraments. Help our priests to be strong in their vocation and set their souls on fire with love for your people. Grant them the wisdom, understanding, and strength they need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Give them the words they need to spread the gospel. Allow them to experience joy in their ministry and help them to become instruments of your divine grace. We ask this through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns as our eternal priest. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Maryland Campers is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio since 2013. Known nationally, Maryland Campers is right here at home and offers RVs, fifth wheels, and motor coaches from names like Cardinal, Blackstaff, and many others. Over 30 acres of RVs and hundreds of makes and models. Sales and service personnel have the experience to serve you. Maryland Campers with two locations on I-12 in Pontchartula and I-12 in Holder. Maryland Campers on the web at MarylandCampers.com. Here's a CC Radio Did You Know. Do you have trouble tuning into our station at night or when you're away from town? Well, listen to us 24-7 on your smartphone or computer. Always clear, always on at ccradio.live. Hi, I'm Chad Olivier, Certified Financial Planner, CEO of Olivier Group. My wife Rose and I and our four sons are parishioners of St. George Catholic Church. Olivier Group was founded in 2002 with the goal of helping families with all aspects of financial planning to protect your family. We do this by using a team approach with a personal touch, always acting in the client's best interest. Life by design, not by default. Visit our website at oliviergroup.com. Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, CWM, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.
It's 35 after on a Monday morning and a great one at that. Fog's going to burn off. It's going to be nice and pretty. And we're so glad you could be with us here on Wake Up. Gabby Smith, Damian Collado, and now Alan Migliorato, co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today, here to talk about an interesting topic. It happens to deal with prayer, and it's we're going to talk about the different types of prayer experiences for teen. Big Al, welcome to Wake Up, brother. Hey, man. How are you? Good to be here. Doing good. Uh, so what are some of the experiences uh, teens uh, have when it comes to uh, prayer? Because quite often, um, a lot of times, the only time I, I see teens in most cases, when my kids were growing up, was either at the dinner table or in church. Right, yeah, and it, it becomes very structured. You know, prayer becomes very structured, and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Mm. And I hate that phrase, there's nothing wrong with that. But there really isn't nothing, there's mm. nothing wrong with the structured prayer at dinner and structured prayer in church. Um, I, I, what I look for for teenagers is a way to kind of help them connect, uh, not to make them connect, because I think that we force, you know, like, go say a rosary. Well, it, it may be a struggle for you know, a teen to sit and say a rosary for 30 to 45 minutes and really reflect on that, but it might be something that they can build up to. And so there's different types of prayer experiences, and with the youth groups that I, that I help with, uh, we, we always try some different things. We'll, we'll do adoration, and some teens just have no idea. It's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know what to do in here. What am I supposed to be thinking? When I have a moment of silence, I don't know what to do with that because they're right. not used to silence. Uh, but it can be a very powerful experience. And I always call it a prayer experience because it's not a prayer session. We want them to experience Christ. And, and the best way to do that is to find different ways that they can connect. I never connected through uh, music, I, like uh, music, you know, worship music. Like, I just don't connect that way. But a lot of people do. And so we, we encourage, you know, teams, like, if you connect through worship music, that's fine. Play worship music, you know, anything that can keep you connected to God. Uh, growing up, I never connected with adoration. Now I can't get enough of it. So there's there's different things, in, and I think it's important for youth ministers and, and even in parents, too, to help their children connect with different types of experiences. So that might mean um, saying a rosary while you're driving or saying a Hail Mary when you guys get in the car or definitely before meals. Um, there's just different times where you can see what's working best. And then what you think is working best might not be what's working best. So always have that dialogue with your teenager, like, hey, what, where do you connect best with prayer? Where do you find that, you know, that you, really, that, you, that you really feel God's presence? Like, where did you see God today? And that might be a, a great way to open some dialogue, too. Yeah, quite often, I think parents, uh, we should lead by example, but we always don't. But when we do, uh, it, it, it breaks the ice a little bit more when the topic of prayer does come up. Oh, for sure. But but our example doesn't have to be the only way that our kids connect with God. So, yes, we're going to—I say my rosary. I say rosary in the morning when I wake up, and I say one before I go to bed. That, okay. that, that's a bit much for a lot of teenagers, you know? It's a bit much right. for, most, for a lot of people that I know. But that's just the way that I connect, you know, and I, I read the liturgy of the hours in, in the morning and at night. That's, again, a lot for teenagers, so I'm not expecting them— to and not even that I'm any higher I'm just you know in a parallel in a different connection that's where I connect with with Christ and so uh, yes that's a great thing to expose our children to so I'll give you an example the, the youth group that I one of the youth groups I work with 
recently we did um, a Liturgy of the Hours evening prayer together, right? And it kind of explained, like, the whole, the whole background of the history behind doing the Liturgy of the Hours and where it came from and why it's important and why priests and deacons are, you know, are asked to do this or required to do this. And so we had a lot of questions, you know. And there's a few kids who are like, well, where can I, where can I pick up a copy? And out of maybe 50 kids, maybe three kids asked, or four kids asked, where can they get a copy? And then when they start reading it, right, and then the other kids start reading it, and then it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow that way. But not all of them will connect with Christ through reading Liturgy of the Hours. So the other ones will say, well, at night, you know, I just want to talk to God. Well, that's great. Just talk to him. Like, talk to God however you want to. You should be praying all day, but not necessarily a rote prayer. Like, use your own words. Talk to God and make him part of your family, you know, talk to him as your father, as your brother, uh, as Jesus, as your brother, you know, and, and make them your family so that you can connect. Mm-hmm. What would you suggest uh, young teens to, to start out with? And I know you just shared some thoughts, but uh, I've, I've heard of doing different activities to kind of get them involved in an in ongoing prayer, uh, i.e. prayer rocks or a little cross in one's pocket. And when they touch it, they say a prayer or on a clock. Uh, my wife, uh, she has a habit, and we do it all the time now. The kids do, too. They picked up on it. When the clock is at whatever, 11, 11 meaning heaven, we, we say three Hail Marys and a glory be. Um, just something we started doing. Uh, anything like that you can suggest to, to parents and or uh, help them with their teens in prayer? So when we're talking about young kids and teenagers, I have different approaches for both of those very young children like elementary school i'll suggest like if you were going to write god a letter what would you write mm. and then your own words and like mm. that would be a prayer you know so that mm-hmm. like that that's your prayer tonight when you pray thank you for my puppy thank you for my family mm-hmm. you know I, I hope that my math test goes well that's great that's conversation with god so i think those are great great things you know and then okay that's awesome so now we're going to talk about like a hail mary but let's slow it down because a lot of times we say a hail mary like we're auctioning her off you know like Mm -hmm. slow it down we are not at an auction so when we can slow down the words of even rote prayers and really kind of say okay let's just take this one section at a time like hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee like where does that come from why do we say that and show in scripture and that can be another way to connect you know through prayer too is reading scripture so they're opening our kids eyes and their horizons and their minds to different types of experiences, reading scripture, writing your own prayers, saying a Hail Mary. I love the idea of saying three Hail Marys and a glory be when it's 11 o'clock. I think that's beautiful. Um, and Or like a, one time for, for, for confirmation kids a couple years back, we gave everybody a marble in the, on the first uh, class, and we didn't tell them what it was for. And at the last class, we said, okay, who still has their marble with it? Because we, we asked them to keep it with them the whole time. And, and finally, like, what are these marbles for? And they were like, oh, that's like the Holy Spirit. So you always have them with you, but sometimes you forget and you leave them somewhere or you, you know, you, you don't respect the fact that that's with you or you mm. don't give it enough care because some kids lost. There's one kid swallowed his marble like, oh, like what do you do with no. that? So, yeah, I'm like, well, eventually it's going to come out. So, like, that's the Holy Spirit, too, you know. So, but we remind them. And so the, a few of the kids, like, made these little lanyards and they still wear these marbles as like a, like a little necklace or mm-hmm. a bracelet. And I thought it was kind of cool because it's something that they didn't think but that helped them connect. So every time that they're, you know, they're having a tough day, they might remember, you know, that marble's on their keychain or in their pocket, and they might say a prayer. So there's just, we want to open our kids to all of the possibilities of God is everywhere and not just sitting in the church kneeling and saying a prayer. Uh, but, yes, he's there, too. Yeah. 
final minute what can we do if our kids are reluctant and refuse to want to participate in prayer yeah that's a hard one um you know it's so easy to say be patient and it's so easy to say you know trust god but those are the those are the things that we have to do we must do as parents and give god an opportunity to work um and don't give up you know be persistent but don't be anxious about it because God, God knows where you're at and he'll get your kids where they need to be as long as you stay true. And no pun intended, but they really should pray ongoing for their conversion Absolutely. to want to pray. Uh, Alan, if they want to find out, right yeah, if they want to find out more information, where do they go, brother? Uh, check us out at adventurecatholic.com or on Facebook. You can see me at Adventure Catholic. Got you. By the way, uh, I have to ask you, are you a Tiger fan, an LSU Tiger fan? No. Oh. I, I really don't follow a lot of that. No, yeah, okay. I was just wondering. We beat Alabama this weekend. Congratulations. <laughs> well, you, I, I, I expected you to be a little more excited than that, but, but no. that's why you're in Florida, and we beat y'all too. <laughs> Hey, so enjoy your day. I'm just teasing with you. You have a great day, brother. All right. Okay. (laughs) Alan Migliorato, co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today. Great book. He's always got good advice. Go to his website as well, and you can get ongoing updates about how to help your team come to know God better. Mm -hmm. It is already 45 after the hour. Don't go too far. We have more coming your way on Wake. Here's a CC Radio Did You Know. Are you in need of prayer? Go to our website and click on the Resources tab, then click Ask for Prayer and fill in the form. We're here to pray with you and for you at ccradio.live. True Blue Water is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. True Blue Water serves East and West Baton Rouge, Livingston, Ascension, and Iberville parishes, delivering artesian, fluoride, and filtered water to your home or work. Remember the spelling of True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U-E, True Blue Water. For information, visit True Blue Water online at T-R-U-B-L-U-E water.com or 225-313-1299. Should you top off your crepe myrtles? My answer to that is no, if you want a beautiful and healthy looking tree. Hi, I'm Zorn with GreenSeasons.us. The issue with this is that as soon as you chop off one of the branches, in the springtime, a numerous amount of other branches start to form, and this causes deformities to the tree. These branches become weaker, they're susceptible to wind damage, disease, insects, and so that is why I recommend you do not top off your crepe myrtles. Now some people may ask, when is the best time to prune my crepe myrtle? The correct time to do that would be somewhere between the months of December and February because that's when the trees are dormant. As soon as March rolls over, the trees start to produce their foliage and then it's too late. So between the months of December and February is when the sap stops moving. So that is the most opportune time to prune your crepe myrtles. So I hope that answers your question. I'm Zorn with GreenSeasons.us. If you have any questions, give us a call at 888-353-1971. Get better sleep with a new mattress from Baton Rouge Mattress Outlet, a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio, providing a selection of brand name mattresses, adjustable bed frames, and Maloof pillows and sheets. Baton Rouge Mattress Outlet, 225-930-5779. 
4065 Florida Boulevard and Jefferson at Hushatoo Road. Open 9 to 6, Monday through Saturday, noon to 4 on Sundays. See Mitch and the gang at Baton Rouge Mattress Outlet. Here's a CC Radio Did You Know? Do you know why our call letters are WPYR? In 2009, the word spread to pray your rosary for Baton Rouge's first Catholic radio station. The prayer worked. For more of our history, visit ccradio.live. For more than 150 years, St. Vincent de Paul has served the capital city, caring for the poor, feeding the hungry, and housing moms and children. St. Vincent de Paul accepts donations of cars, trucks, and SUVs, motorhomes and campers, even motorcycles and boats. Proceeds benefit the poor and homeless, served by the Bishop Ott Shelter, the St. Vincent de Paul Dining Room, Pharmacy, and Miriam's House. St. Vincent de Paul, 225-383-7837. It is 48 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Collado. Our next guest today is Jeremy Christensen, and today he's going to talk about his book called From the Susquehanna to the Tiber, a memoir of conversion from Mormonism to the Roman Catholic Church. I love conversion stories, so really looking forward, Jeremy, uh, with your story today. Thanks for being with us on Wake Up. Thank you so much for having me, Gabby. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Start from the beginning. I want to hear all about it. And I mean, just just tell us what drew you to the Catholic faith from uh, a rel religion like Mormonism. Yeah, sure. So in in brief, or as brief as I can be, uh, I grew mm -hmm. up in a very active, faithful Mormon household. My my parents are still um, active in the church, as are most of my siblings. And you know, I lived a a, a really sort of faith-filled life within Mormonism. Uh, I had formed my family, you know, with my wife and our kids, really centered around the life of the LDS Church. But uh, about the time I was uh, in law school, I started to do a lot of research about the, the early history of Mormonism and started to see that it was not um, exactly the, the story that was sort of presented to you as a member of the church on which you sort of built your faith and your belief. Um, and, and that sort of led to a, you know, a crisis in my, in my faith or my, in my beliefs in, in the doctrines of Mormonism. And I ultimately decided I didn't believe it anymore. And, um, and so there was sort of an interim period that was, you know, a really difficult one for me, where, where I had kind of my whole life, my view of morality, of the universe was, you know, rooted in Mormonism, and that was all kind of taken away from me. And, uh, you know, really through sort of providence, I stumbled across sometime after that the writings of the Church Fathers, um, who mm -hmm. I had never read before or really had ever heard of, and I was not looking to become Catholic or to join any other um, religion, and I, I just read them and was really impacted by um, what was taught in the Church Fathers and, and how Catholic they all appeared. <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the writings of someone like the Church Fathers, um, and then the contrast of Joseph Smith with Mormonism, um, are quite outliers of each other. 
kind of tell us, I mean, was it kind of a shock to you? What was the thing that clicked? Even being raised Mormon and then seeing something like uh, an introduction to the Catholic faith, faith or the catechism. Yeah, um, it, it is very different. So there are, there are similarities. Uh, you know, I, I found it funny when I was converting and I was meeting with a priest, he had kind of come loaded for bear uh, for a lot of standard <laughs> Protestant objections um, that Mormons don't hold. Uh, Mormons don't really hold to, you know, sola scriptura. Um, Mormons believe in a visible church with a hierarchical structure. So, so those things, you know, were, were fairly simple. I think the, the big things that really clicked with me, you know, one was in reading the Church Fathers, seeing the clear belief in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist so mm -hmm. early on. It just struck me as, uh, how, how can I sort of claim Christianity as something I'm a part of or believe in, which I still did even after I had left Mormonism. I, I still had faith in our Lord. Uh, but not believe this thing that all of these people, you know, these people who were martyrs, who died and suffered for their faith, all of them believed in, in the real presence. But it's something I was always taught was, you know, manifestly not true. Um, and, and Mormonism tended to say it was some kind of medieval invention by, by the Catholic Church. So, you know, that sort of contrasting the early histories of the two faiths was very impactful to me. You, you were also a Mormon missionary, too. Uh, go ahead, Jamie. No, no, no. Go ahead, and then I'm going to follow up with your yeah. question. Well, I, you know, we, I, I know a few Mormon missionaries in the town I live in, and um, I followed a YouTuber for a long time who did do uh, missionary work over in Ukraine. Uh, so it's quite interesting to see someone who has gone through that and so been entrenched in something like uh, missionary work for a couple of years you did in Argentina— um, I, I just love hearing what clicked, uh, you know, how has your family reacted through this, especially your wife and your kids? Um, what was kind of the, the process of, did you go up to them and say, hey, you know, the Catholic Church just makes sense? What was it? Yeah, so, you know, initially, uh, and I, you know, I go into this in, in great depth in the book, when I told my wife I didn't believe in Mormonism, I mean, that was a very difficult moment for the both of us. Um, you know, we were, faith was everything to us. It was the center of our marriage and our family life. We had four children at the time, and my wife and children wow. were all active and go, go to church every Sunday um, kind of people. And so, you know, that was a difficult time that I made it through with good pastoral counsel eventually from from a priest uh, when I started looking into Catholicism who you know encouraged mm -hmm. me not to be pushy and to try and be a good example um, preach with my actions more with my words my wife was very supportive of my decision ultimately to become Catholic she was still Mormon very much so um, because she saw that it had sort of filled a really deep hole that I had in that period where I didn't believe in Mormonism anymore and didn't quite know what I believed. You know, those were difficult, wow. dark times. But, but uh, you know, so she, she was happy for me in that sense. Um, and it was difficult for, you know, for other family, for my parents and siblings. And I would say at the time, we all said things we probably regret now, uh, but that over time, you know, those things have healed. Uh, my mother is 
is going to come to baptism of our our new baby in here in a couple of weeks. Wow. Um, so you know we really work to to still be involved in each other's lives and and not let the very important difference of of our faith um, break up our our family relations. So Jeremy has has your family gone through RCIA, your children and your wife as well. Yes. So that that's uh, that's like the sort of the best good news, I suppose, of, of my story wow. is, you know, through a, a turn of events, my, my children were all baptized. My older four children were baptized in August of 2020, kind of in the midst wow. of all of the COVID stuff. And mm-hmm. my wife was, uh, went through RCIA and was baptized on June 12th, 2021, along with our that time new son peter they were both baptized on the same day and so we are wow. all of us which we we now have seven children we're we are all uh, catholic oh my goodness incredible i'm looking at i'm looking at my co-host damien and our production <laughs> crew and we all have huge smiles on our faces jeremy christensen uh i want to talk about your book from the susquehanna to the tiber a memoir of conversion from mormonism to the roman catholic church we're running out of time Jeremy, we could have a two-hour show on this topic to hear more in depth, but where can we pick up a copy of your book? Uh, you can find a copy at pretty much any uh, big book retailer. You can order it directly from Ignatius Press uh, at their website. You can get it on Amazon um, and, and most other big retailers. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for being with us, and, and welcome home. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless. What awesome a story. interview, hunting. Yeah, love it. I love it. Got to get that book. Uh, so mm-hmm. in the meantime, uh, today's prayer, the Pope's prayer intentions for this month. Let us pray for children who are suffering, especially for those who are homeless, orphans, and victims of war. May they be guaranteed access to education, and may they have the opportunity to experience family affection. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and Mary, our Mother. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.